Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On the Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. That's what I'm talking about, a little crazy train action going on. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Fabi Chulo, and you're here at On The Mat Radio. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information, as well as myluckygee.com. Now, quick <clears throat> with Jim Jones, uh, talk a little MMA news. Uh, from, we have a couple of friends from UW, Brawlin' Bull Coop, people like They also do talk radio. And they had a couple of times where it shut down. I don't know if it's because of the coronavirus or whatever. So hopefully we'll be able to do I, I got this show booked for an hour and a half. So hopefully we'll be able to have everybody on, talk what we need to talk about and everything like that. I got Jimmy Jones coming up. I'm going to call him just in about two minutes, uh, talk a little MMA news. And then at the bottom of the hour, close to the 45-minute mark, we're going to have Robert Acevedo. If you got what I posted on social media, uh, somebody who I go to quite a bit, you know, when I need some advice or whatever, him and I uh, – very similar in the way we're thinking, you know, about pro wrestling and, and gimmicks and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And bodybuilding, too. Uh, I'd say bodybuilding because one thing I am definitely not as, as a bodybuilder, but weight training and what, what's good for you to, you know, when you're doing pro wrestling and stuff like that. So we're going to take a quick break. I'll call Jimmy Jones. We'll come back. We'll talk MMA news. Hang on. We'll back up. Looks like everything's cut out on me over here. Let me just keep going. All right, there you go. So I'm, I'm going ahead and the call right now because this thing is already cutting in and out on me. So hopefully we'll be able to dial Jimmy Jones, talk to him about what's going on today in the MMA news. I was supposed to text him before we went on, so hopefully he's going to know what's up from the Bronx or whatever he'll pick up. Hello. Hey, Jimmy Jones, it's Fabiano. You're live on On The Met Radio. You hear me, my friend? What's going on, buddy? Dude, I'm telling you, uh, real quick before we get going, for the people listeners, you're here, you're at On The Mat Radio. Don't forget, you can always check out onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information as well as my lucky key. Dot com. Make sure you check it out. Somebody on the line with me right now, Jimmy Jones. Real quick, Jimmy, before we get into the, the MMA news and everything, which we usually do in the first segment, that's why I want to bring Jimmy on just to run a couple things by him real quick. Even though he's bartending and chasing alligators and pigeons or whatever he does, he still keeps up, but I like to bounce a few things off of him. But before we get into that, uh, with this coronavirus, man, you got I, you, for somebody like you 
who does so much is always out there and stuff like that, and you kind of and still in the quarantine or whatever. You, you, it's got to be driving you nuts right about now. Am I am I correct or not? Yes, it is. I think it's uh, especially in Florida. I mean, people a lot of people move down here for the purposes of being in the sun, hence the sunshine state. With me, exactly. it's the same way wildlife animals. <laughs> But it's it is what it is, man. You know, I, I got to do it, and I'm I'm itching to get out. Trust me. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, uh, since we've been back on here, I lost Cody Rhodes, who's my who was my producer, moved out to Arizona, so I finally had to start doing everything by myself. I'm just starting to get acclimated, you know, to running the board and doing all that stuff. And now, for some reason, I don't know what's going on with Blog Talk, but it's been cutting out. They cut out on me a couple of times. And I thought it was just me, but it was actually a couple other guys who, who go through the blog talk. It's been, so if we cut out, Jimmy, I'll try to call you back or whatever. So just be prepared. Now, I want to talk to – this is why I bring guys like Jimmy Jones on because they're, they're not afraid to speak to me. I like people who keep it 100. And this is why I have people like Jimmy on. So I was going to talk to you about UFC 249, which they're actually going to go ahead and schedule for May 9th. So we're going to talk about that. But first, before we get into that, I was on the – as you know, Jimmy, I, I, I – uh, year and a half for King of the Cage, but for a state, almost four years, I was steady work with them because Dean Stone is the regular announcer for King of the Cage, and when they first brought me on, when Mike Lowe first brought me on, well, I had known Terry Trevilcock Jr. for quite some time, uh, uh, I was getting at least 12 to 13 shows a year all over, from, from here all the way up to the East Coast because they were always uh, either double booked or if Dean couldn't make it or whatever, so I had quite a bit of work. But this is this is the thing, okay? I, I caught a lot of slack because I'm not going to name a specific uh, uh, cage announcer, but he's somebody who, who we all know very well. And I, I don't like the screaming and, and the yelling. And because first of all, you, you kind of know who I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. of course I do. And this is, this is what they told me. Okay. Paul, Paul Walter is, is uh, one of the guys who's the main pr- production guys. And he says, do me a favor. Make sure you stand right in the middle of the cave and you look at this camera and make sure you're right there. We can, and, and so I was to stay right there. This particular person is walking right up to the fighters, you know, so he can be in the camera or whatever. And, and personally, and this is just my feeling. I'm going to ask Jimmy. To me, you, you have to exude some sort of professional. It's not about me. I'm just announcing the names. You know, I don't take one punch. I don't have to, you know, nothing. I don't have to pull guard or anything. It's all those two fighters that are in there because when that cage door shuts, that's all it is. It's just those two guys. So to me, you should be professional. You know, once once we got the contract, um, Matt B, Terry Trebilcock said, look, we need everybody in a coat and tie. Please let us like those mock neck or whatever. We want to be professional. We want everybody in a coat and tie. We want to make sure absolutely no problem. Try to be as professional as possible. They're moving and they're screaming and yelling and making a big deal out of it because it's not about you. It's about the fighters. Now, give me your take on you think it's good. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, hey man, it gets the crowd fired up. It's the main event. He should do that. Me personally, I think yes, in in a but in a more professional manner. What do you think about that, Jimmy Jones? So, you know, one of the best announcers I'd ever heard voice was at Alaverde. Um Virginia Duels, the, mm-hmm. this man, he did countless college, international, you know, wrestling events as the announcer. He did the Virginia Duels for God knows how long, uh, 20 some years it had to have been. He was very professional. Um, 
when you know during the grand ceremony and i'm getting to a point because it's what you asked you know right. during the in the, the the ceremony which was the last big match of the two-day tournament you know there was like a little parade and he's in a tie and a, and a coat you know he's very professional and he's you know uh, calling out the names of collegiate wrestlers etc but he, he he fired the crowd up just with his tone of voice right you know you know that that deep microphone voice uh then you have the two individuals that you know in the ufc i mean only time i really think it's okay to kind of for the announcer to uh get excited is the the main event um right. like the last main event um i don't think an announcer needs to do it every single bout do you know what i'm saying like that just kind of oh, like yeah. overplays it so you know i agree with what you're saying exactly 100 percent and uh but it is starting to become all entertainment, like the WWE kind of format. Yeah, so this it's, is true. You know, it's in, I mean, look at college uh, internet um, wrestling. Look at Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs. Now they're, they're they were going back and forth at it, trash talking. So yeah. you know, I'm just saying that people are trying to just make it a full entertainment type of venue. Pro wrestling versus, you know, combined with real fighting. So you you know where, where I'm coming from with that. No, absolutely. And we and it's funny you say that because we we talked uh, to Ed Gabe. I had Uriah Faber on here. I talked to him about that. He was you know he's still you know dealing with them on a regular basis. I know he doesn't want to talk too much. But then I had uh, Gabe Rudiger on here, and he started before, of course, we cut out. He started to say the same thing. Hey man, it's getting kind of close because well, I'll give you an example. Henry Cejudo, Olympic gold medalist. I think he should fight whoever's in line. But then first he wanted to fight Jose Aldo. And then he called out somebody else. I don't think that you should be able to pick and choose who you want to fight. But on the other hand, if it's somebody who's going to draw and it's going to make them money, that, that's what they're leaning towards. Is that kind of what you're talking about there, Jimmy? Absolutely. It's, they don't put the best matchups anymore. They, they, they do not in any way, in my opinion – especially the UFC and even Bellator times put on the correct fights. And when I say that I'm talking the fighters that the number one versus number two, number two versus number four, they're putting on fights that are, it's going to bring in money. It it just follow the money. And that's with anything these days and just follow the money. So, you know, what, what, what is a good example, which I always go to, because I've been, I've been wrestling forever pro wrestling forever and it's if if you're a draw and people will pay to see you they want to keep you winning they want to keep you winning because that's what that's what they want to do i don't want to pull back the curtain too much but if you're you mean uh, tell you a quick story about my pro wrestling days like how i got involved go for it it. well a good friend of mine family named walt was in ecw i forgot his stage name big dude cut trees in my hometown area he saw me wrestle in high school, and then he saw me at a party, and I've been drinking. And he was a little bit older than me, but still. Oh, he saw me at a bar. That's right. I was about twenty. I was I was underage. Uh, kids don't do that. Whatever. Um, <laughs> anyways, so he heard me like talking, like rambling, like kind of like he said I had good mic skills because when I had a few shots in me back then, and I was really muscular and great in shape. He he said, "Hey, come out and try out." So there was a, a big ring down in Chesapeake, Virginia. And all I wanted to do was just give the people's eyebrow and talk crap like the, the rock. But I'll tell you this much. I took my bumps for two days. Like I learned how to, you know, hit the mat, hit the ropes, everything. 
and I had never been as sore as I was. Like, I tell you this, I have nothing but mad respect for you guys because when I woke up on the third day, I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't move. <laughs> it's just like a different type of, like, bump. I know you – I think we call them bumps in pro wrestling. Like, take it a is. bump, whatever. Like, you know, you know, and – but it's a lot about personality. I mean – it just that's what pro wrestling is, and it seems like the UFC is starting to follow in that direction, and the same with you know, you yeah, know MMA in general. That's what I'm saying. It's more starting to get geared along the lines of a business more than it is of a sport. So that's what that's what I me and even was I just like to keep it professional because people MMA fighters or whatever they already have the stigma that they're animals and they're just you know just. You know, everybody already thinks that they're animals or whatever. Anyway, but I like to bring a little bit of, like, when you, uh, I'm a quick example, real quick for the people listening to you and on the Met Radio with Bobby Chuno, and I'm talking to Jimmy Jones, talking about the USC, talking a little bit about professionalism in the sport of MMA. Um, when you when you see, it's funny because you watch these football shows, you know, where they're halftime and, they, you know, everybody's in a suit, everybody's in a nice suit, and everybody's professional, and it just comes across as professional. This is what I want for MMA, just professional. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll switch gears and go into commentating. You know, Joe Rogan is great. Let me tell you something. I listen to his podcast. I think it's great. But me, and I get I get a lot of emails and stuff on this too, he, black belt in jiu-jitsu, great jiu-jitsu uh, uh, practitioner or whatever, but never been in the cage. So to me, I think he should commentate where he says, yeah, look at this. Oh, he's going for an arm bar. This is what he's looking for or whatever. But you should never say things like, uh, oh, he's not punching hard enough or this pit, this punch isn't hard. Because right? I think it was, um, uh, what's his name? The Olympic guy, Matt, something that called him out one day and said, hey, man, you said I don't punch hard. Uh, uh, would you like me to punch you here? Or he goes, I didn't say you that. You're telling Matt Lindland? So, Matt Lillard, Matt Lillard, good. See, that's yep. why we have Jimmy Jones on here. So, so to me, yeah, I remember that pretty well. Yeah, I, I think Joe Rogan, and, and I think Joe Rogan is like my opinion on him is he is great for the sport. He's got a great sense of humor, and he does, and he he did compete in combat sports, taekwondo, and it's more, obviously it's not the same. I know that. I don't want anybody to make fun of me for saying that on the show, you know. But my point is, he he is. He's well-versed in martial arts. He has not stepped in the cage. However, you're right, and I do agree with that 100%. Um, there, but I think as far as him being a commentator, he has a little bit more – he can get away with it more because he does have a, a background in some form of martial art. And um, a lot of the other commentators he was with, I can't remember any of them at the name of my uh, job of the hat, but they weren't – they've never been in a cage. But I do understand what you're saying. That's why I love Cormier when he commentates uh, with Rogan. Uh, it's exciting to watch, especially their expressions and, you know, their excitement during fights. Right, right. And that, that's uh, the only point. I'm Because, like, when they had Randy, when Randy Couture was doing commentary, I'm like, absolutely, this guy's been everywhere. He's seen everything. He's done everything. That's somebody uh, – and even Cormier, you know, somebody who's, who's won the belt. You know, Frank Trigg is a really good – Frank Trigg is really good for the sport in two ways. He was a great commentator. Um, yeah, he's very professional. Because he's, well, he's refereeing and it, he's officiating now, and we right. need guys like that officiating because, you know, he's one of the few MMA, uh, a few officials that were at his level of MMA. 
you know, as far as, you know, the Matt Hughes trilogy, he's fought the who's who and pride and everybody. So, you know, he's good for the sport and and on both sides, commentating and officiating. But uh, I think he he officiates Ryzen. Right. Um, And then... No, let me so. let me tell you something real quick. Uh, but when when we we first started, when I first started with with my partner, when we were the Tap Out Locals, before we even became the Tap Out Locals, when we were, had a little uh, uh, studio on, in Hollywood in, on Sunset and Hobart, Frank Trigg. This is why I know you were surprised when we knew each other. He um, was the third guest that we ever had. Okay, and when he came in there. Because he had just fought Fabiano Ica, I think, and he knocked him out in Pride. And he lived in El Segundo, so I said, hey, let's get this guy on. And he was like, yeah, we'll come down. So he came down, and when he came down and came on the radio and talked with us, I thought, man, this guy's got something because he was well-spoken. He was funny. You know, he was able to, to, to go back and forth with us. So ever since back then, I thought he's perfect for, for, for media and everything like that. But I understand what you're saying. He, right now he's officiating, which is good too, because it's somebody who knows. He knows what to look for, and and you know he, he he's a perfect judge and a perfect referee because he knows what to look for. But I, me personally, and this is just me, I would love to see him going uh, into doing uh, more commentary for something on a little bit bigger scale. You think so? Or you think he's he's pretty content where he is? Yeah, he's he's a good commentator. He's he's a, uh, in my opinion, this is even before me knowing him. But, you know, as I do, uh, I love this commentating in pride, uh, the few yeah. events he did. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I agree 100% on that. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that are – I would like to see what the NFL has done with some of their past NFL players that, you know, kind of yeah. fallen into the position of com- commentating, et cetera. Get more fighters yeah. continue to follow that path. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Now, since we're on the subject of Frederick, which is a new segment, which which was one of the things that came up at their production meeting, he came out today. Or I think it was either today or yesterday and said, you know, a, as a former fighter, a, a, knowing what goes on, I totally 100 percent think that we should not continue. And then because I believe that the UFC schedule for May 9th, which is right around the corner. And he, he came out publicly and said, I think I think, no, I think we need to stay safe. And to cut it back as much as you can until uh, at least they have, you know, I don't know if he says if they have an antivirus or something, but he says right now for what we're going through, absolutely not. If somebody gets cut and somebody gets open, who knows? If somebody, you know, it takes 14 days for you to get symptoms, it could be in the air. If somebody has custody, going to get into the stream. So he's publicly came out and said, we should. what about that? Give us your thoughts on that. You think we should or, or give us, who knows what can happen in there? Um, you know, it's a touchy subject and I try to be, this, this is the toughest question you have thrown at me or, you know, (laughs) for me to, for one, several reasons, because even though I do love science, I've studied viruses since I can remember, just, I've always been intrigued. I've read up on them and things like that, but I'm not an epidemiologist, nor want to see the second wave of this virus roll through like the Spanish flu did and wipe out even more people. So there is a part of me that is, okay, I'm cautious, but then there's also this other part of me that really understands that being outside and vitamin D, you know, getting sun and exercising and things like that are a huge factor in being, you know, overcoming this virus and being immune, et cetera. But when it comes to these events, Florida has opened up their state 
which let me be honest, it's a, I'm in Florida. So that event's happening in Jacksonville from what I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit up in the air for me because one minute they're telling us Florida is one of the worst hit states. And then the next minute, here we go with this UFC event. So I think it's, again, I'm just saying this. I think everybody should do what they want as long as it's, you're being healthy and safe, but again, follow the money. That's one of the biggest reasons, you know, I mean, Dana White wanted to get an Island. Do you remember that? Like, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, he was like, just fly everybody like, out is there. the man, like, I'm being honest with you when I say this, I was not a fighter in the cage. I was a, 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 a smaller level college wrestler who stuck around in the sport for years, coached and loved it. But Dana White, to say, I'm going to get an island, international waters, and fly these fighters in, the memes were outstanding. The Dana White memes with, like, the Mortal Kombat, like, who's this guy, Mortal Kombat, you know. That, that's what I get. That when people, for instance, you know, Tiger Netflix, that was, like, the most watched show in quarantine, and the memes it produced was amazing, just like Dana White's memes <laughs> with the whole island. So, you know, do I want to – yes, I want to get – I want to get back to as close to normal as possible. I don't think we will ever be normal again, like the way things were. I think there's going to be more, you know, health conscious practices, but I want to get back to being able to turn on the TV and see a fight, you know, sporting event, et cetera. So, yeah, 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 as long as it's within good reason, that's all. And it's, you know, honestly, it is a lot different, man, when you see the UFC fights with no crowd. I mean, you know, because you kind of get, you get into it, you see somebody get hit, and everybody's screaming, and, and it's a big difference because somebody gets tagged, and it's just quiet. It's just really, really different, you know? So I think he wants to get back to that future where he's like, hey, man, my crowd's pumped up. It's getting people to, you know, buy the pay-per-views and, and stuff like that. So I think it is, that's a, lo- a big reason why. I don't care who you are. You know as well as I do, Father, you, you know, being a professional wrestler, the crowd gets you motivated and pumped up. The same as oh, when yeah. I wrestled in high school and college. So I, I, I can imagine that this would be a little bit tough mentally for these guys to just walk into an empty stadium into a cage. So I don't understand why you wouldn't just go ahead and wait this out a little bit longer and then put yeah. a full event on, you know? Exactly. So exactly. It, it's, it's, it I think it's... Yeah, it, it it really does. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to watch a. Would I watch a fight in quarantine? Probably, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see it being as big or as exciting in an empty stadium as it would be in a yeah. full. You know. Yeah, I I agree 100. percent A lot of people play out the crowd and stuff like that. Well, let me tell you something, Jimmy. Uh, you know, uh, we have a specific protocol that we we adhere to, and believe me, I got to fight just to get you know, pro wrestling on here or whatever, which I kind of understand, you know, we want to keep it to, to where we need to, but uh, I definitely want to have you back on because uh, the season was cut so short with, with the college of wrestling. It just sucked. I mean, I'm going to go on record right now saying that it sucked balls because I wait, uh, March madness. I mean, madre way, the real March madness is always, you know, collegiate wrestling. And Iowa was doing so well this year. So I definitely want to get you back on so we could talk a little bit about that and see what the future holds. Uh, as far as college wrestling as a whole, and of course Iowa and Penn State, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll get together soon, my friend, and, and we'll try to uh, get you on, give you a little bit more time so that we can talk about that. Right, my friend. Sounds good, man. Anytime. Love being okay. on the show. And- okay. <laughs> 
give us your social media. Now, for the people listening, he could be on there and he couldn't because this man's gotten kicked off more time. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Facebook jail for 19 more days. So that's why I'm, hey, hey, that's why I'm drinking Bud Light mango seltzer right now. And I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm in quarantine and I can't even get on Facebook, bro. They literally shut me down. Like the man Zuckerberg's after me. Give us that social media so when you are back on, they can follow you. <laughs> I will, man. I appreciate it. Okay. I'll keep everybody posted, too, and I'll definitely get a hold of you, and we'll get you back on so we can talk a little uh, collegiate wrestling to go to because, you know, we, we still keeps up with it. And it's such, it's such a great sport. It, it's my, uh, you know, destiny to just make sure the more people hear about it. You know, Iowa against Penn State is already packed, but I want to keep getting it, keep it moving, and just keep that because I think it's the best sport in the world. So, Jim, Let me Jimmy, just I'll say this before I get off. Forward. Is that all right? Uh, yeah, I, the it. next segment, we're going to talk about Old Dominion University's wrestling program that was just cut. It's a very prestigious yeah. program. Um, they, uh, they, it has a lot of history in wrestling. Yeah. So next segment, let's well, talk a little bit about that, and I appreciate you having definitely. me on. Definitely, we'll definitely we'll put it together so we can we can talk about that and so the people can can hear about it. For the people listening, check out Jimmy Jones once he's out of Facebook jail. He keeps everybody up to date over there. I mean, thank you for coming on, my man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye. crazy to have Jimmy Jones on here. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's in Facebook, so we can't follow crazy. I mean, he's out there wrestling alligators, and, you know, if he sees a, 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 a possum or something out there on the road, he just take it in. It, a raccoon, whatever. He just He's just crazy like that, but for the people listening, you hear you on the mat. Call Robert Acevedo in like a couple of minutes here so we can talk some wrestling, just so we can get out there with this coronavirus and everything. Everybody's inside, and, you know, it's it just... It's hard. I mean, you don't realize how much people, uh, you know, like sports and in the, in the crowd and tailgating and stuff like that. So I'm going to bring Robert on so we can talk a little bit. I want to expand a little bit on that and talk a little bit about about pro wrestling uh, as a whole, you know, because he's been I, I've known him forever. He it, running through the indies and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And it's funny because we, we pretty much think alike and I like to bounce stuff off of him. So I'm going to give him a call right now. 
and we'll get him on and talk. Hopefully, so far we've been doing okay. If if uh, if we go down or whatever, I just got I got to let people know before we before the whole thing goes. Up. Hey Robert, it's Faviano. You're live on On the Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Yes, brother. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Real quick for the people that are listening, you're here. You're at On the Mat Radio. Don't forget you can always check out onthemat.com to get all the latest information, videos, and things of that nature, as well as myluckygee.com. Make sure you check that out because every once in a while they'll blow out a, a couple of geese that are like $300 geese that you can get very, very dirty. So make sure you keep an eye on that. But on the line with me right now, Good friend, somebody I've been wanting to get on for a while, but Robert, as you know, pro wrestling doesn't get as much uh, uh, love, for lack of a better term, as all the other sports, so I have to really fight to, to, to get it on here and stuff like that, so luckily with this coronavirus, I was able to, uh, you know, to expand a little more on what I need to because everybody's home, so it, it, it works out really well, but real quick, for the uh, people that are listening to us, first of all, tell us how you're doing with all this coronavirus and everybody's, and luckily for you, you have Satan's dungeon, so you can still keep working out. You got almost like a full-blown Gold's Gym at the house, so I know you're able to work out and stuff. But other than that, how's it been for you since we're all in this quarantine lockdown? Well, it's been it's been an, an adventure. Let's put it that way. You know, like <laughs> staying home. I I'm 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 a street guy. You know, I I'm always in the street. Yeah. You know, I've always been like that. Always been like that since I was kid. Um, I'm, you know, I'm 53 right now. I'm turning 53 in May, and I'm still a street guy, man. I'm in the street all the time. <laughs> but oh, yeah, you always, have to. Uh, yeah, you got to stay in now. Yeah, you got to stay. You got to adapt and, you know, stay healthy, man. Stay healthy. Make sure, you know, you take care of yourself. You take care of your family. Um, yeah, you know, make sure we don't spread this even, even worse, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I go, when we first went into the lockdown, I was working because, uh, you know, I work in, a, in an outpatient surgery center, so all of our protective equipment, we had to, to log it all, and we had to have inventory, so in case everything needed to go to the hospital, they knew what we had. So I got a good week and a half, almost two weeks. So this is really my uh, second week that I've actually been in total lockdown or whatever. The first week's not that bad, but that second week, man, and you know, uh, I've been working out in the garage and stuff like that. So, but let me, what I what, the reason I bring this up, and this is another reason why I had Robert on, I've done many, many a weight loss uh, challenge, you know, on the air. And, and I've actually won a couple, just, just straight weight. But then with NutriShop, which is, you know, a, a potential sponsor that we've been going back and forth with and stuff, I got into their challenge, but it wasn't just weight loss. It was weight loss, it was muscle gain, and it was body fat percentage. So I, the first two times I was so confused, I quit which is, I, I hate to say that because, you know, I hate to quit anything. And I just, you know, I, I always say, well, you should just keep going and try. But I, because I didn't understand it. So finally, the, the, the two guys, there's a Downey Nutri Shop and there's a Long Beach Nutri Shop. And between the two of those guys, they explained it to me. Well, look, man, you're not going to be able to keep that much muscle on if you're losing weight. But if you're losing weight and you, and you still can keep a certain percentage of muscle, you get two points. So after they broke it down to me, then I was able to to figure it out. So between you and I, you know, we talk about that because I know you've been into fitness for quite some time. It, it it's to me impossible because this is what the guy at Nutrisoft told me, uh, Jake. I go, hey man, I go, I'm losing weight, but I can't stop losing muscle. And he goes, well, dude, if you can find a way to lose weight and keep muscle or gain muscle, we'll be millionaires. 
whatever. So could you kind of expand on that a little bit for me? Because I, I finally got it, but that's still a little confusing to me right there. Well, you know, um, it goes back to, well, let me, let me, let me explain. Um, as you know, I used to compete in bodybuilding. You know, I'm a, right. I'm a personal trainer. I've got 30 years of uh, experience as a personal trainer and nutritional technician. I'm certified by PROPTA, Professional Personal Trainers Association. Um, I, I'm also certified by ISSA, International Sports Science Association. But uh, mainly PROPTA is what I work with right now because uh, you got trainers like Joe and Tori, I don't know if you remember, Mike the Zipper Zabel. Of course. He was Tom Platt's uh, leg competition, who had the biggest leg. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Mike Sable was one of my instructors. So was uh, John Torrey, former Mr. Universe, and uh, Charles Glass. And, you know, of course, you know who Charles Glass is. Oh, yeah, goes to Venice yeah. Beach. Yes, yes. Well, he's, he was one of our instructors, you know. And um, when you compete in bodybuilding, for example, when I used to compete in bodybuilding, my off-season weight was at about 210, maybe 198 to 210. And I will compete at 170. My arms were 18s and a quarter when I was 210, but then when I was 170, they were a little bit below below uh, 17s. And yes, you do lose you do lose muscle mass as you lose weight because remember, you need certain amount of uh, carbohydrates to maintain muscle mass and gain muscle mass. Right. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, right now just go and eat, you know, like anything made out of flour and, and all that junk, you know, like, you know, you need good yeah. carbohydrates, you know, or, you know, whole grains and stuff like that. And, you know, vegetables yeah. and, and, you know, the, the right carbohydrates, the right, right amount of the right kind of carbohydrates. And at what time of the day you're going to eat the right carbohydrates. Right. Um, that's why and this is a phenomenon that, you know, started in the 60s. A lot of guys take steroids. Right. Because they don't lose a lot of muscle mass while they lose the weight. Yeah. And, you know, when you're a, natu when you're a natural bodybuilder, it's hard, man. And you have to keep up. But the way I used to do it was keeping up my, uh, my protein intake. Yeah. That's exactly what they told me over there. And uh, another thing, I'm sorry, don't mean, don't mean to cut you off, but another thing, too, a lot of people think, well, I'm just not going to eat and I'll just lose weight. But what, what I found is when I do that, like uh, I came straight from work, I went straight from work to the gym. This is before all this coronavirus, and I didn't eat anything. I couldn't lift nothing. I mean, I couldn't even lift half the weight that I usually lift. But if I have a good meal, let's say a chicken breast and some rice, the weights go up so much easier. Because, yeah, you need that ATP, you know, in your muscle cells. You have, you know, this, this form of sugar is called ATP, and that's what, you know, and you have phosphates, and that's what yeah. gives you you know, the energy to, yeah. uh, to, 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 you know, to, uh, you know, to function and be able right. to lift heavier. I, I'm, I'm the same way. If I don't eat properly, I can't lift. I get, I'm all weak. Right. I'm all, you know, if I, if I don't eat properly, if I don't eat the right stuff, I, you know, and at our age, it's even worse. Cause you know, when you're a kid, when you're young, it doesn't matter, you know, lifting weights is, is you could, it's something, but you know, we, we're, we're in our fifties or I am in my fifties. Your testosterone uh -huh. level drops, you know, so, you know, you, I do take products, you know, like, uh, some of the stuff, uh, I, I've been taking that stuff. It's, uh, it's made out of, um, the velvet of the horns of deer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. That stuff. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it, it's it 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 increases your testosterone level. And I'm like, you know, I was like, I was kind of skeptical at first, and I tried it. I was like, oh, okay, damn, yeah. you know, hey, yeah. you know. Well, you know, so you know, that, you wake you wake up in the you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. And that, oh yeah, absolutely. That that and, and I have and see, but the thing is, it takes a, a while. You have to experiment with a lot of stuff, and some stuff works, and some stuff, stuff doesn't. But the main thing, and we're gonna get for the people listening real quick. You're here on the Mary with Bobby Chula. I'm talking to Robert Acevedo. We're gonna talk some wrestling, but I want to expand a little bit on on this uh, training and stuff like that, which all coincides with with wrestling because you know, as as I got older, like you said, I'm in my fifties too. You know, I cut the weight in half and worked more because even when you're young, everybody just wants to put up as much weight as possible. But as I got older and I cut the weight back a little bit and, and really concentrating on, on getting the blood to the, what they call it, the mind-muscle connection. I, I've made exactly. more gains in my late 40s and early 50s than I did when I was younger. I mean, it's, it's just amazing when you, when you really take the time, concentrate, cut the weight back, try to get that blood. It just made a world of difference to me. You, you kind of find that yourself? Okay, that's because, you know, when you're young, when we're younger, all of us, we make that mistake. We lift heavy all the time. So what you do is you stimulate uh, the white muscle fibers, which are the fibers that, that give you strength. Yes. But we don't stimulate enough of the red fibers. The only way to stimulate red muscle fibers is with more reps and you know, with higher repetition, it stimulates the red muscle fibers. So now your body is adapting to using more red muscle fibers than just white muscle fibers for strength. So yeah, you you're stimulating more red muscle fibers and you're gonna gain you're gonna you're gonna gain extra extra muscle. You're gonna gain gain you know, you're gonna gain again, you know, some of the muscle mass we lost or extra muscle. Um yes. it happened to me, you know, after let me see, when I was thirty eight, I was you know, going through certain things in my life that was really stressful and I suffered a stroke. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. And and you know, then eight months later after the hospital, you know, I had I had a mild heart attack what the doctor called a mild, mild cardiac infraction. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, I lost all my muscle mass, man, and then I became obese. On top of that, I was being fed through a tube, and they gave me soy protein, which, yeah. is, an estrogen, which is an estrogen precursor, and estrogen yes. is a fat uh, hormone. Right. So I became obese. I got up to 298 pounds, and I didn't walk. I waddled. <laughs> I mean, when I finally, when I, when I finally learned how to walk, because I was paralyzed from my waist down, when I finally learned how to walk, I didn't walk. I waddled because I had that that yeah. obese guy waddled. Yes. And it took me a while, you know, uh, to to find, you know, to find myself, my metabolism, to fine tune my metabolism again, and be able to lose a lot of the weight that I gained. But you know, it was it was terrible, man. It was horrible. I could barely because I, you know, I had to learn how to walk. I had to. I could barely use my right. Uh, arm. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was just, but then I realized like okay, so I started going lighter. Let me do yeah. every exercise I know lighter. First, let me do it real light to stimulate the nervous system first, because movement stimulates, uh, you know, the nervous system. Right. Um, this is something I learned with a with a female weightlifter friend of mine from back home from Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. Uh, one day after she after she won all kinds of championships. You know, she took some time off, and I see her, and she's training with a broomstick. Oh, jeez. You know, she's doing she's doing power cleans with a broomstick, cleaning uh-huh. jerks with a broomstick. I'm all like, 
what are you doing? You know, like, you're the champion. You're the Puerto Rican champion. What are you, what are the weightlifting Puerto Rican champion? What are you doing? She goes, I'm reteaching my body how to move. Yeah. You know, with, with this, I te- reteach my body. I'm teaching my body how to move, do, do the movement again. I will do yeah. this for another three or four weeks, and then I'll start adding weight. I'll do with the 45-pound bar, then I'll start adding weight again. And I'm like, oh, she goes, when you're injured, she told me, you know, when you're injured, do this and try it out. Just teach your body how to move again. Repetitive movement, you know, that, that's information that you're adding to your, to your brain. You know, it's information that you're adding up there. You know, it's like programming a computer. Yeah. Putting in the information, eventually your, your computer learns how to read that information. Yeah. You know, so it your body, your body learns. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I'm sorry. It makes a big difference because you're getting the, the, the movement back into the body. So the muscles and, and everything, the reactors are, are getting back to where they used to be, to be back to normal because you don't just want to put this big heavy weight back on there. Cause all you're going to do is either pull something or, or mess up the, a joint or something like that. Right. Exactly. And then you have to, you have to make sure that the nervous system is firing properly. Because remember, like, if you have certain damage and certain nerves, your body, your brain will find a different pathway to get the information to whatever muscle part, whatever muscle part, you know, whatever body part, whatever muscles you're training. But it takes movement first, movement. You know, it's like, you know, like when you do martial arts and you do katas, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't like katas. I'm not particularly fond of katas, (laughs) but then it was a way of teaching my body how to move, you know. Yeah. And it makes, you, once you teach, once you teach your body how to move again, then you start adding the weight little by little, little by little. You start building up, and you start building up. Yeah. And makes, I found. A, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it makes. I'm sorry. It makes a big difference or whatever. But real quick, I gotta take a quick break. Can you hang on for just a second so I can take this quick break yes, and we'll sir. come back? Okay, hang on. Don't go yes, anywhere. Sir. For the people, for the people listeners, you're here on the mat. We're talking to Robert Acevedo. Talk a little bit about what it gets, what it takes to get back into the game. You know, especially after an injury and stuff like that. We're gonna talk some wrestling when I get back. So we'll be right back. Robert Acevedo. Hang on. All right, brother. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On The Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. talking about for the people listeners you're here at on the mat radio we're talking to robert acevedo uh robert you know when you when we called you did you get a number that said the bronx um yeah <laughs> see because yeah the, the we go through blog talk and and the the main uh production area and everything is is uh in the bronx new york so where am i, am hey, I yo i was here? i was kind of i was kind of like you know like <laughs> hey what's going on over here you know it's my family calling me everybody, you know my puerto rican gets, relatives over there <laughs> Everybody gets thrown off by that, but you know he's going. All right, he's telling me in my ear, take a break and get back to wrestling or whatever. I'm like, all right, I got it, man. I'm leading up to it or whatever. Hey, you know how they are from the Bronx. They're like, hey, let's go, buddy, or whatever. Yeah, for the- forget about it. Yeah, we're talking to Robert Acevedo, and like I said, uh, in in the, you know in the opening and when I was on my social media, I go to him a lot for things like that because we 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 kind of have the same uh, thought process and stuff, especially for wrestling and stuff like that, but. 
you know, Robert also, not only does he have Satan's dungeon over there, but he also has a ring and he sees a lot of people come through. So he sees a lot of people starting from the beginning, you know, trying to build themselves up or whatever. Now, this is what I got to tell you. I wrestled for years. Okay. You know, my, uh, my daughter, uh, once she graduated from high school, she went to work and stuff like that. But uh, somebody said, hey, man, uh, a promoter said, hey, why don't you have your daughter come out and hold the flag? You know, that's going to draw some heat. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I so said, you want to hold it? She said, yeah. One match, she took the flag out there, and it took off like that. I mean, it just people – I don't know if it's because it's girls or whatever. So she wanted to start training, so I started to teach just how to take some bumps and stuff like that because I'm like, well, I don't know if you really want to get into wrestling, but if you're going to be a, a player or manager, you need to be able to protect yourself. You need to be able to take a bump, you know, and, and, and things of that nature just so you can take care of yourself. And it just took off. I mean, so real quick for the people listening on On The Mat Radio, first of all, do you see a, a bigger influx of women coming to train uh, or also, besides that, give us your thoughts on that, because I think there is a spot for women's wrestling, but I think it just needs to be done right. What do you think? I agree completely with you. First of all, yes, I do see a, 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 a bigger influx of girls, of women, you know, trying to, you know, learn our business. Um, I think, like you said, it should be done right. It should be done in a professional uh, uh, manner, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that like to take advantage, if you know what I mean. And yeah. you know, you can't you can't do that. You got to be a professional, you know, 24/7, man. You can't you can't you know you can't be a douche. Excuse my language, you know, dou- <laughs> douchebag, you know, and and yeah, especially us older guys, you know, like you know, come on, you know, got a 53 year old fart like me trying to hit on a 21 year old girl and stuff, you know, exactly, come on. Exactly. I got a daughter. I got. I have a daughter that's 33 years old, man. Come on. You know, my exactly. youngest son just turned 23. Right. You now, know? what about your son? Because uh, uh, he was wrestling for a little while. Um, I, personally, I, I really didn't want Nicolette to get into the business because it's just it's just so hard to make it in the business. And there's so, like you said, there's so many knuckleheads out there. What what about that? Did you tell your son, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'll find you 100% if you want to do it. Uh, you know, I'll help you. But do you did you recommend it or did you say well let's think so you know let's, let's think of another uh, avenue or how did that how did all that come about well it so happens that um uh, you know you know uh, before um uh, you know you know our, our our homeboy Fabian Fury oh yeah uh, we used to have you know our our own uh, promotion uh, uh, uh oh my god LSA uh, Lucha Society of America. And um, we you know we were training a lot of guys. And one time he told he told uh, Fabian, "Hey Fabian, I want to train." You know, at that time he's 16 years old. You know, he's six foot three, 290 pounds. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, you know now now he's oh, yeah. uh, last year, last year uh, you know he's six foot four. Last year he was two. I mean, 398. Now he's down to 320. Um, he you know, I I motivated him to get into it. I would. You know, I just wanted him to learn something, you know, and, and have it under his belt just in case. But his his main interest right now is the Navy. He's getting ready to go to the Navy. Now with this, he was supposed to leave in March. Uh-huh. He was supposed to leave in March, so he's, you know, he told me, Dad, I'm going to, you know, put the, excuse me, I'm going to put the wrestling on hold. And, um, you know, I'm going to uh, go full on, you know, with his Navy thing. So he, he enrolled like maybe a year ago, but they told me he had to lose weight. So they gave him a yeah. year to lose weight, so he lost he lost all the weight. 
but uh, now he was supposed to leave in March, but they, you know, every, his recruiting officer uh, has have not called him back, or uh, we don't know what's going on. So he's going to yeah. call and see what's up. If not, he's going to go to another recruiting office and see what he does. Because right now, that's what he wants to do. He wants to go to the, to the Navy. Um, he knows the, the business. Wrestling, you know, the wrestling he's been, will always be there, right? I mean, the wrestling will always be there uh, when he comes back, especially exactly. when you're there. Yeah, go ahead. No, exactly. The wrestling will always be there. Um, he, um, you know, he's he comes. It's one of those things that comes easy to him. Yes. You know, uh, since since he was a little boy, you know, both of my, both of my boys, I had them in martial arts since they were little kids. Right. And but wrestling. But let me tell you real, yes. real quick. I'm sorry, but let me tell you something. We were doing a show in uh, in East LA. It was at Obergon Park, and and you know Robert brought the ring, and we didn't have a referee. And he said, hey, man, my son can referee. I said, okay, cool, cool. You know, bring him on down. A la machina. Here comes this big old dude. Well, and I go, uh, he goes, hey, man, I'm here. Well, did you forget your gear or whatever? He goes, nah, man, I'm Robert's son. You know, I'm going to referee. And I went, dude, you can't be coming in here looking bigger than the wrestlers. The, 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 the referee was bigger than the wrestlers. Yeah, he was uh, this big old dude, man. And I said, oh. So, we, you know, we ended up making it work out. But that's what I'm saying. He, he, he already he has the look. He, he, you know, it's there. But it's like you said, you know, it, it, it's always going to be there. So if he's going to pursue something, I say I'm all for it, man. I say, man, pr- pursue what you want to pursue. Yeah, he, man, if, if you want to come back, it's, it's going to be, especially with you, because you've got training right there at your house. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and he wants to be a corpsman for the Navy, yeah. which, you know, he'll be working with the Marines and uh, and the Navy. So he wants to be, you know, like uh, in the medical field in the Navy. Right. So, you know, right. we, we need, we need you know, we need guys to take care of our boys. If, you know, if we go into a conflict, somebody has to take care of our boys when they get injured, you know, Absolutely. when things happen, you know. Somebody has yeah. to take care of them. And I'm like, well, I'm all for it. You know, I was in the medical field myself. I was a medical assistant, and I did volunteer. At a veteran hospital, you know, back back home for a few years, and you know, I, you it's know, like you know. And, and sorry, but I agree. I mean, let him let him do. And there's all, especially in the medical field, there's always work, you know, in the medical field, so it's good. And then he always has something to fall back. I'm not, not and not to cut you off only, but just because for the simple fact, and I'm gonna drop a couple other things on you because I'm running up against the clock. But I, I personally, I never worried about you know if the because because just just this is just the business, man. A promoter exactly. only makes so much money, and what happens is they, they a lot of times they cut back and they don't pay you what they're supposed to or whatever. Me personally, I never worried about it because I always had a full time job. So I said, "Hey man, no problem." But look, next time when you bring El Hijo del Santo or Blue Demon, let me work against them, and 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 we're cool. So so it never bothers yeah, me. When you yeah. have them, the point I'm trying to make is if you have income or whatever you don't worry about that you're like hey all right oh, but but then again if you get screwed you, you're gonna leave anyway but but the point i'm trying to make is when i you know i always had my own money so i would say okay no problem but just i'll tell you what when this guy comes let me work with him you put me up against pirata morgan or something you don't like the match you don't have to book me no more or whatever so then that way you can kind of pick and choose and and you don't have to worry about it so much so the point i'm trying to make for the people listening to this on the Matt radio is if he does that, goes to the Navy, gets whatever, and if he's got, let's say, a, a medical job or, or phlebotomist or something like that, he doesn't have to worry about it. Hey, man, you promised me X amount of money. You didn't pay me. Just don't call me no more, and you don't have to worry about it. Or, so, so the ball's kind of in your court, for, for lack of a better term. And then you can cut. To me, it, it's a lot easier. Than, well, uh, to be 
honest with you, back when I was, uh, man, that was probably maybe four years into the business. Did you ever remember a wrestler that wrestled as Pedro Russo? Yes, 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 I do. Yes, I, yeah. He was a, a big buffed out white guy, but but he married a, a, a lady from Tijuana and ended up uh, working luchas and all that. Well, he wanted me to go to Puerto Rico. And, but the only thing uh-huh. is, is they, they wanted me to go to Puerto Rico, but they wanted me to go for six months. They were going to set us up with an apartment and everything like that. So I, I was already married. And, you know, I said, man, I can't go, bro. I got, you know, I got, I got uh, insurance and all that stuff. So I didn't go. But the point I'm trying to make was the ball was in my court. I could have went if I really wanted to, but I didn't or whatever. But that's the way it was back then. They would, they would, uh, I, they would. I, I they remember. Would yeah. Go for I it. remember when you told me that. I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when you told me that. Guess what? Guess what? Robert, they invited me to go to Puerto Rico, and we yeah. talked about it. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, Time flies, bro. Tell, dude, that how, was, that how, was, how old are we again? Uh, I'm in my early fifties, bro. So it's been quite some. Okay, that's okay. Saying. That's why. That's why. That's why I feel bad for Robert when I see him because he'll come once in a while. He'll bring a student something to come and work the luchas, and and I end up taking his ear for about a half hour, 45 minutes. Because we t- so he, hey, hey. Man, I got to go. My, my guy is up or whatever. But that's why, because it's been, when you're in the business this long, that that's what I'm saying. It, it behooves you to go to somebody like Robert or whatever, because he's seen and done it all. We've just been in the business so long. So that's why, the point I'm trying to make again, is if you are a trainer, you're thinking about becoming a wrestler, if you go somewhere like that to where Robert is, he's got the weights, he's got the, the hat, the experience. There's no substitute for experience, you know. Exactly. There's no substitute for experience, man. You know, like yeah. Sometimes you go to places and it's it's they're they're you know they're practic. I call them blind blind trainers. You know that. Yeah. Just yeah. They make money. teach you. They know. Yeah. They just want to make money and they give these outrageous you know prices for their classes and it's like. And you look at some of these guys, and you're like, oh, my God, these guys haven't learned nothing, man. Jesus, yeah. poor guy. Yeah, and you they, know, they take a and, chance of getting hurt, you know? That, that, that's the yep, business. Yep. You, you have to take it seriously because if you don't, you, you know, you're risking you're risking injury you know, and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm sorry, you Robert. Know, our, I'm sorry. Let me, let, me, let me just say this real quick. Uh, for the people listening ahead, here at On The Mat Radio, don't forget you can always go to onthemat.com and check out all the latest information as well as myluckygee.com. Make sure you check that out. Um, we're talking to Robert Acevedo. Unfortunately, we're running up against the clock. But let me tell you this before we, we got to get out of here. Um, you know, uh, I've been doing this for, for, for quite some time. I, I had a producer. We called him Cody Rhodes. It was Cody, but I called Cody Rhodes. And he moved to, to Phoenix. So I didn't have a producer. So my boss uh, from On The Mat, Scotty Nelson, who, by the way, uh, he's from here, but he moved. Uh, he, uh, I'm going to give you a quick story because I'm, I'm running up against the clock. He had to move to Mexico because uh, a certain person of his had cancer and the medicine was so expensive. They went out there. So oh. he, ended up opening up, he ended up opening up two hospitals out there. He finished that. And right before all this pandemic and everything, he's been in, he's actually living in Puerto Rico now because he was going to open a hospital up over there. So oh my he's, God! You know, he's in Puerto Rico. He's he's working really hard to open a hospital up there. But now since since all this you know everything's on hold, so I'll, I'll keep in touch with you with that. But anyways, um, uh, he I was going to shut down. I said you know I, I've been through two three producers. You know, it's very difficult for me. He said, look, why don't, why don't you, I'll get you a laptop. 
I'll, you know, we'll show you how to work the board and everything like that so we can keep going. So I'm finally, barely finally now getting acclimated, running the board, doing everything like that, and talking to the producer from the Bronx and all that stuff. So this is what I'm saying. Uh, I'll come down to Satan's Dungeon. Uh, we could do a live show, and then there's no time limit. If we want to go two hours, we can go two hours. If we want to go a uh, half hour, we could do whatever. So uh, I'll make this to you. Uh, uh, how about once all this is over, all this pandemic and all this stuff is over, we'll come down, we'll set up the equipment at Satan's Dungeon, and we can go as long as we want. How about that? You know what? Satan's Dungeon is your house, bro. <laughs> yeah. El calabozo, el calabozo de Satanás es tu casa. Okay. Hey. Uh, por supuesto, but uh, so real quick for the people listening to us, check out Robert Acevedo. Uh, if you put Robert Acevedo in your little Facebook engine, he'll come up. He's always keeping everybody up to date, not only with, with the wrestling scene and the bodybuilding scene, but, you know, old uh, muscle bar and what's happening in Puerto Rico at this time and everything like that. I'm, I've been keeping up with them, and it's just very, very, very informative. So real quick, Robert, a million thank yous for coming on. I'm so sorry, man, but, I'm you know, they got Anytime, me. Anytime, brother. Everything like that. Every time you know, you know you can count on me whenever you need. Absolutely. Hopefully this will always this will be over soon, and then we could come out. We could do a, a nice long show. We'll talk body because uh, I didn't even get a chance to talk about female bodybuilding and female wrestling and wrestling um, crowds we'll, and stuff like that. So we'll we'll do that. How about that? We'll get to that. For, for sure. Siempre es un gran placer, un gran placer para hablar contigo. So we'll talk to you real soon for the people listening to us. Make hey, sure you brother. Robert Acevedo on social media. Robert, I'll get with you soon, my man, for sure, okay? Okay, okay. Cuídate, hermano. Un abrazo. Okay, you can. Okay, Robert, All right, brother. Everybody. I'll be right back after this. Okay, bye-bye. You know, I, that's why when I have Robert on, I got to I gotta go down to Satan's Dungeon and go uh, do a live broadcast because so much to talk about, you know, especially uh, expanding on, on bodybuilding and things of that nature and, and talking about wrestling. He's got it all there. He's got the weights. He's got the um, the ring if you want to go train and the ring over there. If you want to rent the ring, he could he could, he could that or whatever because can't have a wrestling show without the ring. But for the people listeners, you're here. You're on the mat. Radio. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com as well as myluckygeek.com. I'm going to place a call right here and we'll talk a little bit more about the wrestling or whatever since we didn't get to expand too much on that um, as I was talking to Robert. So, okay, it's perfect right there. Got to keep going here. Well, hopefully, I wrote the right number. 
Hello. Hey, Mike, it's Faviano. You're live on On The Radio. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How you doing, man? <laughs> Hold on one second. Here. Let me let me uh, pull myself together. <laughs> Sorry. Right. For, the, <laughs> for the people listening, you're here. You're on On The Mat Radio with your host, Fabi Chulo. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information as well as My Lucky Gee. Make sure you check that out as well as Nutrishop, Downey, and Long Beach location. Make sure you check those guys out for sure, man. Get get yourself there. But on the line with us right now, uh, Michael Parks. It, it's funny because I was gonna put you uh, on, have you call in while Robert was was uh, was with us. Robert Acevedo is the one who who he's got Satan Dungeon where there's weights and then there's a ring where you can train and everything over there. But I, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about wrestling. And I didn't even get a chance to talk to Robert about wrestling because we got going on on training, bodybuilding, and and working out at at his place. So, real quick, for the people listening to On the Mat Radio, uh, it's funny because you know I talk about running shows and doing shows and all that, and how hard it is for me just to get the pro wrestling on this show. You know, we're usually uh, mixed martial arts, jujitsu, judo, and stuff like that. But as long as I can bring it in uh, towards the end, I'm, I'm fine to talk about it now. Everybody sees, for the people listening, Michael Parks did a show. It was way back. We're talking almost, um, 10, is it 10 or 15 years ago since you did the show with the Zacatecano? Man, it was it was more like almost. Uh, was it early 2000 or 20. 98, something like that? Oh, so it, was like, it, was, it was about 20, <laughs> it was about 20 22 years ago when, when we were still oh young. Oh, my God. Pues, pues son de los viejitos, wey. But anyways, he, you know, it, it took quite a bit to, to get that show together. Luckily for, for Michael, for it was Sikosis, Damien, uh, everybody who were under actually under contract with WCW, but when they're out this way, which I was trying to tell them, Mike, was, uh, you know, if they're going to work for, let's say, uh, Platano or Antonio, if they're coming for the weekend, we can get them two days. They can make two paydays instead of just one. So they're like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. So first of all, for the people listening on, on the Matt Radio, tell us, you know, the people just see the finished product. They don't get to see the, the you know, what goes on behind the scenes. So before we get into talking about the future, tell us a little bit about that. Because, you know, people don't understand. You have to pick them up and you got to get them over here and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that, how it was to do that show with guys like that, with pretty big names who were even bigger back then because of the WCW. Well, you know, it wasn't just them, but, you know, we had uh, Ray Mysterio Sr., Miguel. Yes. Um, who was who was a consummate professional. Um what was crazy was up until bell time we were still we were still waiting for those guys to get there. I remember I was I was standing out front in the parking lot going, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. When are they gonna get here? When are they gonna get here? Because they they were they were driving from T J. And the place was, was packed. Like, it was packed and it was like, Oh my god. You know, we advertised them, they said they'd come. Now, you know, here's bell time, and we're still waiting for our guys to get there. And, and you know, it was it was nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. I could I could say that 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 my heart started jumping when I saw the truck pull up. I believe it was uh, James. James had James had brought him. So when yep. James pulled up with the wrestlers, I was I was over. I was happy. <laughs> yeah, let's just say and, that. And- and luckily for us, James Macias was, was a good guy. I mean, he was very reliable, and we knew, you know, he, it might have been a little bit late, but he was going to come through. So 
you know, we did the show. It it, it did it did well. You know, I, I thought it did really well. Maybe maybe not have made as much as you wanted to, but nonetheless, it got your name out there. People know that if you advertise these guys, they're going to come down and and everything like that. But unfortunately, we're talking. You know, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but now it is. But it took a while, to, you know, to to get back into the game and everything. And things have changed so much. So. The point I'm trying to make is that, you know, myself, Michael Parks, and Manny, we've been trying to put a show together for almost almost six months now, would you say, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been about it's, six months. And it's a lot different now. What the, the difference is, you know, it costs a lot more money to bring somebody over. Before, you used to be able to pick them up at the border, bring them in, they do a show, and then and what do they call them? Shots, you know. They do a shot, and then they head back or whatever. It doesn't work that way anymore. It's so hard for them to get over here or whatever that, you know, costs a lot more money or whatever. So when we all sat down and put our heads together, we thought, well, look, man, let's do something different. You know, you know, everybody's doing a show. and they get, First of all, Michael Parks and, and Manny helped me with a couple of my shows that I did over at Netflix in Long Beach. And I got to tell you, Mike, I mean, I know you've heard it time and time again, but when I came out that curtain and saw 15 people paid, I didn't want to do the show. I was about to turn around and go back or whatever. So I've never had a chance to ask this, but since we're on air right now, I mean, promoted. I had good people. I had Fletch Fugaz. I had the Chivos. I had, you know, a bunch of people, and it just it just didn't draw. And then the Chivos did one show right after, which was a full-blown Lucha Lifa show, and the same thing. So in your opinion, because you went to both shows, do you think it was, you know, the location, or do you think it was the, the, the audience? Or, or give us your thoughts on that. It's the location because it's, it's you know, the gym is nice, but it's located in in, in an industrial area. Right. And, um, you know, it's not really heavy, heavily populated with people because it's all businesses and warehouses. So people aren't really going to find it. Um, right. It... it 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 would just be awkward to <laughs> to run a show there unless unless it was a, a MMA show where you know the, the fighters know about the gym and know know where the gym is and those, yeah, their people yeah. know where it is. But for <laughs> for pro wrestling fans, you know, you say you're at a you say you're at a, 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 a I want to say an armory. Uh, uh, what do you call those? Uh, um, uh, military things. Where, <laughs> oh, the 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 vets club or whatever it's called. I can't remember the name. Of yeah, it. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because well, I did, I did, because I did a show at the Moose Lodge or whatever in Torrance, and it did really well. I just this one for some reason. Well, well, let's let's put it this way. It sucked. Okay, I was didn't want to do it anymore. I lost a ton of money, you know. But then. Uh, forward, fast forward. You know, I didn't even want to go to the show at Leonardo's. You know, but but Jessica was like, "Well, I'm gonna be working with these guys from high risk. Well, let's go check it out." Now we went, and that was kind of like in an industrial area too. But it, I thought the show was great. I had so much fun. Now they brought a lot of talent. I think what happened was the, the AAA uh, was in town. So like we were talking about earlier, they used a few guys from there because they used Taya and they used the, the minis, you know, and people like that. And, and you know, the dude, Michael Parks and I argued 
He said, dude, there's going to be 400 people there. I said, dude, you have lost your mind. There's no way there's going to be 400 people. By the time that second match started, he tapped me on the shoulder. I looked over, and the place was packed. So, so in, in your opinion, what was the difference? Was it the talent? It was it, – it, they brought what the fans wanted. Fans wanted yeah. The fans wanted Lucha Libre. Fans wanted to see who they wanted to see. And they brought them. Yeah. People, they, they, they wanted to see the minis. They brought them. And the minis, I believe, you know, I believe had the best match. I would agree. I would agree 100%. They had one, it, they had one of the like, best matches. Of course. Well, I I knew they were going to deliver. I mean, I knew that because those guys can, can really go. Uh, who I would like to bring them to, like Demos and, and Mascarita and them, those, those guys can really go. But like we talk about a lot, Michael Barks and, and Manny and I meet, they have met so many times, but but it's like I said, they 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 have a little bit of something for everybody. They had you know like it like a sort of like a hardcore match. They had the minis, they had the women, they had straight lucha. You know they but to me and real quick since we're expounding on this real real, real quick, let me just say this for the people listening. You're at here, you're on the radio with your host Fabi Chulo, and I'm talking to Michael Parks, talking about doing shows, lucha, pro wrestling, whatever. But they had a little something for everybody. Now, to me, and I'll pose this question to you, there's a big difference, though, because Taya and, and Fabi Bache seemed on a totally different level than the girls that they had a match with. I think if they were just put a one-on-one, they could have blew the roof off that place. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, it, 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 to me, it was weird because you know, we're looking at the, the the young lady who wrestles in Impact, and uh, I, I I really, other than her look, I really wasn't as impressed as I thought I would be, um, <laughs> because the women that worked at the uh, the show that we went to that you actually were in on Florence and Maine and they had the two women working that show. Oh, oh my goodness. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. I, I do very well. No, but but my thing is I think they had a better match at that show on Florence and Maine uh-huh. than they did uh, Leonardo's. Because yeah, they, I, I, it, it, they were they were it was it was hard hitting. Yeah. You know, they you, you actually it was it was action. And, right. and and at Leonardo's you were like, Okay, and where's the action? Okay, <laughs> but, the, and, but, okay. but those you two know, girls that you're talking about that that worked over there in Florence and Maine, they're they're trying to get to that level. They're trying to get to the Taya Valkyrie Fabio Bacci uh level. So they kind of, you know, they, they went 100%, you know, because that's what they want. It just seems like the other two girls weren't even at that level yet, uh, just in everything, like in size or whatever. I mean, it just looked kind of like man among boys. But the point we're trying to make is they gave us a little bit of everything so that we could talk yeah. about it. So now so now that, that we're here and we're on the air and we're trying to, of course, you know, everything got put on hold with all this you know, lockdown and everything. But what what we're trying to do now and what we've been talking about is back in the day, uh, Maestro and I used to work for a company called Incredibly Strange Wrestling. And uh, Lucha Vavum kind of tried to take a little bit from that 
and, and put in the same same thing. So this is this is what we're doing. We're working on something. I, I was calling it really strange wrestling. You know, uh, Michael and Manny might want to call it something else or whatever. It's it's, it's in the same realm as that. It's going to be a lot of mascaras. It's going to be you know uh, maybe a women's match. We're just going to mix it up, you know, so that everybody gets a little something. Now to me. I think that's the key. Everybody who comes, the kids will enjoy it. You know, the the guys who like to see women wrestle enjoy it. The people who like lucha, the people who like entertainment will, will really like it. So I think that's what's going to get the people. What about yourself? You think besides that, I know we have to do some promoting and everything, but I think that mixture, I think we, we can we have something special there. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? It's, it's, it's so funny. When... When I've come to the shows on Florence and Maine, I sit back, you know, I watch the matches, but also watch the the, the fans. And yeah. even though the venue is small, those are passionate fans. Oh yeah, they re- they really they really get into the matches, <laughs> and they get they they get into the match. I mean, I, I could I, I could point out so many so many <laughs> individuals at that show, you know that that yeah. just. They make me. They make me not laugh at them. I just smile because they're having fun. <laughs> when, and, and when, when you have a son <laughs> that is in a wheelchair, okay, and needs care twenty four seven, when you get up out of your seat and run after a wrestler to go throw a punch at him and leave your child in a wheelchair, you are a passionate fan. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and that's why. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and, and that's and that's why it's it's. I like it because when the wrestlers can interact with the with the fans and have them both talk crap to each other, and 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 if you're a rudo, get so much heat that the fans just want to see you get your butt kicked. And if you're a technical, they want to see you beat up on that rudo. Now you yep. got something. Yep. Now now yep. now you you have something to build on. Now you got now you got people. You got people wanting to come and see this, and if you put this, if you put everything together the, the right way, like we are, like we're gonna do, it's gonna be solid. It really, I, is. I agree. it's gonna be solid. As it, as it gets closer, we'll, we'll we'll keep the people involved on this one, so they know what's happening. Hey, man, we're working on this guy. He's well, he might not come. Well, we got this guy now, so we'll make sure that who's gonna be there is exactly who's going to be there. We'll keep everybody informed as we put it together so we can get that place back. And I have so much promotion planned. I'm going to use the Chivos to hit up the Mexican uh, restaurants like they do and everything because we're really making a concerted effort to get that place packed. So real quick, Mike, can you hold on for just a second? I'm going to go take a quick break. I'll bring you back. I have one question that I want to ask you in the WWE realm, and then we'll get out of here. So can you hold on for just like 30 seconds? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back after this. It's funny because I put that song on from Michael Parks, and I'm listening to that song, and I'm I'm sitting I'm still sitting in the the same spot that myself Michael Parks 
Samoa Joe, Ricky Reyes, Rocky Romero, uh, everyone used to sit in this exact room and watch the ECW pay-per-views. And and we talk about 20 years ago or whatever. That was it. You know, I don't think we can get in trouble now, Michael, but, you know, we had a black box. And I don't know why we had it at my house. I think we had it at, at Michael's. Uh, when he had an apartment over there, uh, and uh, his mom used to live across the way upstairs, and Michael Parks would put the cochinadas on, and his mom would call on the phone and go, "Hey, the curtains are open, stupid! Shut the shut the curtains!" <laughs> so we had to bring, we had to bring the black box over here, but we would, I mean, we would fit so many people in room. But honestly, Mike, before we get to the question, the big question of the day, uh, that was probably the most fun I ever had. I mean, would you agree? Man, you know, it's to, to look back on it and to, you know, just think about the names that you just said. Yeah. And to know that we just used to sit in a room and eat and, and watch wrestling with these, with these guys. And, and, you know, here, and it, it's funny because when we first did it, Joe was, was going over and wrestling for Hashimoto. Yeah. Um, at zero one. At zero Ricky one. Reyes. Ricky Reyes and Ricky were just were, were in EWF. They were barely breaking into the business and, and working for EWF. So we sat first of all, they, they came and they brought In and Out Burger just for themselves. So when they came, we're like, hey, where's and they're like, oh, we, so we sat them away at the back, okay, because they, they had to pay their dues. And dude, they literally sat there with their t shirts over their nose because we were just blow, just blowing them out the water with that. So my wife, my wife comes walking by. And she goes, Did you just split your ass? And everybody pointed at me, so I got in trouble. So she had a candle, one of those. <laughs> and when it, man, everybody, I was like, "Don't leave, don't leave," because if you leave, I'm gonna be in trouble. I tried to say, "Hell no, we're leaving." So I left. Uh-huh. Like, but you know, that was like the best times we ever had. But anyways. We're running up against it. We got to talk about that on the air one day, too. But anyways, we're running up against the clock. So the big question, we always have one. Uh, uh, to me, tons of cuts in the WWE, which we kind of saw coming because, you know, uh, of what's happening with the virus and they're not getting as many as people and stuff like that. But although although they were on the chopping line, I got to tell you, man, the, the out of all the people who got cut, to me, who I think that they missed the boat on – out of all the all the all the wrestlers, because a lot of people get buried, which, which scares me to death. Um, what's his name? Before the Fantasma made his NXT debut, looked really good, but I just get so scared that they're gonna get buried. Who I think that they miss out of all of them, they missed the boat on only because I saw him at a house show was Primo and Epico, which is the the cousin of of Carlitos, you know, who is the son of Carlitos Colon. We Jessica and I uh, went to a house show, and they wrestled. I can't remember who they wrestled. Uh, hold on a second, Jessica. Do you remember who they wrestled when we went to that house show? No. Okay, well, they were wrestling as the Matadores, and they had the little bull with them. I forget his name, El Torito, or whatever. Remember the oh, little yeah, Torito yeah. came <laughs> and the two kids behind us. They go, That's a kid in there, and he goes, No, it's not. And I look, turn back like that. I go, That's not a kid. And he goes, Yeah, it is. He goes, Sometimes when it's your birthday, they let you wear the costume. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we what. So now, man, wow. and I didn't want to say I didn't want to say midget or whatever. Okay, but anyways, I can't remember who they wrestled. But dude, they put on a show. You know, when you go to these house shows, they they're they're a little more free. They're not time constrained with TV, and they they can 
you know, do a little more and they could let it out and they could do some comedy and they could do some moves that, that, that they, you know, it's just so more open. And I can't, I wish I could remember who they wrestled because I think it might've been the Miz and that guy that was doing his gimmick that, that was kind of copying him or whatever back then, but they put on a show. It was the best show that I went to and Roman Reigns wrestled, um, uh, Bray Wyatt on that show and Dolph Ziggler wrestled. Some, and so out of all those matches, that one, I said, man, these guys are great. But they got lost in the shuffle, and I really think they missed the boat on them. So out of all the people that got cut, that's what I think. What about yourself? Out of all the people that got cut from WWE, who do you think they missed the boat the most on? Ooh. Boy, that's you got a... like, you got EC3, you got... Um, well, uh, you know what? I, 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 Eric I, Eric Rowan's a big man, so I don't understand how he got cut. And he, they, they started using him, you know. Yep. But um, to kind of piggyback on what you just said, what I what I noticed in the WWE is they have you uh, kind of sort of change your style to wrestle their style. Yeah. And 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 once you leave. Because everybody that's left has always said they get to be themselves. They get to go back to being themselves. So, I honestly, I, I it sucks to me that you know Gallows and and and, and Machine Gun got Anderson. cut. Yeah, but they can always I mean, go back to New Japan. Yeah, I mean they can go back to New Japan. But my biggest problem with WWE is. You want to monopolize. You want to monopolize the business so much that yeah. you take talent who, who could be, who can be out there, honing their skills. You know, making money somewhere else, <laughs> but because you're so worried about somebody else getting as big as you, you rather them, you know, make a fat paycheck and not wrestle at all. And, yeah. Or, or do, you know, and and that sucks. Because, um, I, not to say, not to say that that ROH can get as big as WWE or or even NWA, but can you imagine if some of these people were given the opportunity to go to those places yeah. and 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 yeah. actually help them build instead of people leaving there to come to WWE to make the money. Yeah. What if they? What if they? Yeah. But you're. Sure. But I think you're like me. You're torn. Because when I see somebody like Andrade, who used to be La Sombra, I'm so happy that he's making big bucks, man. But they're just, they're killing him. It's funny because I'm uh, sorry, but we're running up against the clock. I only got a few minutes, but it's funny because somebody sent me something on Facebook, and it was a picture of Nakamura on the back of a milk carton. It might have even been Jessica. Uh, on the back of a milk carton, it said, Missing in action, Shinsuke Nakamura. If found, please return to New Japan immediately. And the picture that they put up there, it was just so funny, man. But, you know, it's true. Dude, you put Nakamura in Santrade or whatever, those guys can blow the roof off that place, but they just, you know, it, it just amazes me how how they don't use the guy's potential, but and I'm sorry, Michael, don't mean to cut you off, bro. But I'm actually I don't want the show to just stop. You know, but we'll, we'll we'll do some live stuff when we do when we do live shows. We're able to go for plenty of time or whatever. But unfortunately, on the regular show, um, time constraints. So real quick for the people, listeners, Michael Parks, um, 
uh, him, myself, Manny Pinson, we're all working on, on this really strange wrestling. I'll call it that for now. We might change it later, but just in case, we're really, really putting a concerted effort into doing this show. That's why it's taking so long because we just want to make sure that we're going to do it right. So we'll keep everybody posted on social media. If you, if you don't follow me, if you put Michael Parks in your little search engine, uh, he, he'll keep everybody up to date on there as we progress and get ready for the show. So we're, we're hoping, God willing, we could do it maybe in, in June or maybe early July before the kids have to go back to school, if they even go back to school. So we're, we're working on that. We'll keep everybody posted. A million thank yous for coming on last minute, Michael. I just wanted to get that out there since I had a little bit of time at the end. And I'll talk to you once we get this thing going. We'll, we'll start really putting some stuff into it, right? That works for me. I appreciate you calling me. All right, man. I'll get with you between now and then for the people listeners here at On The Mat Radio. We'll see everybody here next week. Make sure you check out Michael Parks. Check out my social media for that really strange wrestling. I'm telling you, man, that show's going to be soon. We'll see everybody next week. See you. Good night.